Hello and welcome to Bird Nerds, where we delve into the fascinating world of birds and share the joys of observing them. Hi, I am Adil. And I am Mariam. Adil is a bird nerd in the true sense. He can even make a visit to the grocery store a bird watching trip. Well, jokes apart, he loves to travel and is a seasoned bird watcher. He is also quite well informed about butterflies, snakes, and is a certified beekeeper. 2022 was his big year when he traveled the length and breadth of India, covering 23 states and union territories. He was able to spot over 900 birds in one year. He left no terrain unexplored, be it the cold desert of Ladakh or the dry Thar and Kutch deserts, sea coasts and deep seas, Andaman Islands, the Western Ghats, mangroves of Sundarbans and Vidarkanika. the northeast or the himalayan forests he ranked as india's top birder and was also among the top 2 birders in asia in 2022 mariam has a unique eye for a bird watcher while we may be busy scouting the bushes for hidden treasures her eyes will scan the skies and cliffs for raptors often catching a distant raptor's attention we may have missed many birds of prey if not for mariam's nudge she has accompanied me in many birding adventures to leech infested forests Where the leeches have loved her blood, arid places such as the Kutch, Himalayan escapades, and sometimes even waited along with me during heavy downpour to catch the glimpse of a rare leucicla or a quail. She is an accomplished birder with a species count of over six hundred birds. Join us as we walk you through various habitats and exciting bird trails across India. This week we have something else in store for you. It's about birds, but not really about birds. What say Adil? Yes, today we take a different road. Okay. And we'll indulge you in the art of bird watching and share our experiences and hope to elevate you spiritually. But actually, let's leave that to the gurus. Yes, absolutely. I agree on that part. But we will provide you with all the essentials which will set you off on the right foot for bird watching. When you want to start bird watching, yeah. what do you think is the most essential thing? Well, uh, for me, I think curiosity and interest would be the first thing that come to my mind because basic general interest in a subject is that is what brings out the hobby or someone takes it up as a career. Absolutely, yeah. correct. That fire in the belly is absolutely essential, and that's true for bird watching as well. And once the motivation is there. I think if you go into the field, uh, two important things that we need to have is our two important senses, which is one is the sight mm-hmm. and the other is the sound. Okay. And uh, more than sight, mm-hmm. it is the sound which is important because sixty to eighty percent of the time we hear a bird, but we don't actually see it. So uh, it's important to listen and uh, be aware of our surroundings. Absolutely, you hit the nail on the head. So Adil, tell me, how did it start for you? When did you start developing an interest in bird watching? Well, it's a childhood thing. Um, when you're small, and then you explore your na- neighborhood gardens, or when I used to take a walk in my surroundings. So I used to observe the birds, and my mom was quite interested in birds. So okay. She used to share the names and discuss the kind of sounds the birds make. That's how I think I got into it, and okay. as time flew, and I started exploring, and we started exploring places. So the first thing in the morning which we used to do was take a cup of tea and then head out, try to see 
what all is there in the neighborhood and generally our destinations were mostly hill stations and places which are green so i think that's how it all started from what about you mariya before that before we jump on to what spark my interest i think you did also did a couple of courses and you invested in awesome gear when you started getting serious about it so tell us about that as well well gradually yes, as time flew and the interest uh, built up so i took up courses one was with bnhs and the other was with inhab okay so these were basic courses in ornithology whatever i could get i grabbed on to it and gave my full into it and after that i think i invested in a pair of binoculars i used to only carry a camera before that so binoculars changed the whole perspective and the detail which was missing in the field or when you only have a camera you actually you know are busy clicking but when you have a binoculars a pair of binoculars you start observing okay. so that's the change don't worry we'll also give you some tips on how to select the perfect binoculars for bird watching now coming back to your question how did i start uh, how did my interest start in bird watching yeah it did start uh, pretty late in life maybe in the past decade or so uh-huh. as a child i was not uh, i did not know the names of the birds but yeah i was interested in what visit what birds visited visited our garden during which season but i was not very much aware about their names or anything else but yeah as i started traveling with you and then observing what was happening around us in in, in the wild on forest trails on uh, mountains or on any other trips so that made me curious and i developed an interest in knowing more about birds and identifying them better and also sometimes photographing them i'm not that good but yeah i try to i try my best it's a kind of a relaxing and uh, uh, feel good experience yes Would exactly you not say? exactly and the th- best thing is you can uh, take up bird watching anywhere you don't need to specially yeah, obviously serious bird watchers they dedicate uh, their trips only to bird watching but if you are a casual bird watcher if you are just out with your family or on a weekend trip you can spare a day or uh, spare an hour or two of your day in the morning or in the evening and just basically walk. anyone who is in the outdoors yeah. or someone who takes a morning walk exactly. or someone who just loves nature and mm-hmm. likes to be out exploring the wild or your urban places birds are everywhere exactly it, if you if you look at it it is the easiest form of wildlife watching as you said birds are everywhere yeah. and it can, and this hobby can be taken up by any person of any age any profession any education yeah, there is no limitation so yeah was it there some facts you wanted to share about uh, the pandemic yeah wrong. right right i read some very interesting facts that uh, Uh, especially during the pandemic bird watching gained a lot of popularity it was probably because people were restricted to their homes and uh, could not move out so they could just observe nature and bird activity from their balconies from their windows or when they were taking walks in their uh, neighborhood parks and probably everything else was uh, quiet the traffic noises were not there human activity was not that much uh, bird, bird behavior and bird sounds and bird activity maybe became more Uh, prominent more, more conspicuous so that is the reason it grew and i think it has been seed sales also had decreased i believe yes. in north america yeah, right. by up to 50% or so right right so bird feed and uh, 
uh, backyard bird feeder sales had mm. increased about fifty yeah, percent right. in North America. So yeah, pretty promising for. And also there was one more interesting thing that uh, every year there is a global uh, big yeah. day. Adil will tell you a little more about it. So the number of observations in twenty twenty that was the peak of the pandemic. Uh, that the number of bird observations that came in on global big day were two point one million from all over the world, and that was a record uh, number of observations uh, for yeah. any global big day. Basically, global big day, according to me, is a movement. Okay. It is organized by eBird. Uh, we'll tell our audience a little later, maybe in the next episode about what eBird is. Mm-hmm. But it was organized by eBird. And it's uh, partners across the world. The Indian partner is Bird Count India. So, Global Big Day is observed on World Migratory Bird Day, which is organized by United Nations Environment Program. Uh, it is observed in May and October. But Global Big Day happens in uh, second week of May, second Saturday of May. Basically, what one has to do is contribute a checklist of birds one observes during okay. the day. And uh, these observations, mm-hmm. they once compiled, they pile up and uh, it becomes a huge amount of data collected, which once analyzed uh, would give us a lot of uh, information about the bird movement and other facts, uh, other interesting facts as well. Very interesting. It's a tool that one must absolutely explore, but yeah, more about that later. All right. So... Now that we have spoken a lot about how good bird watching is, how beneficial it is, how fun it is. And the world events. And the world events. Let's start at the very beginning. As in, how do you start, uh, how do you get better at identifying a bird? What are the things that you need to look out for? Bird watching has, is a science I would say. And in order to know what you are looking at, there are ways of identifying a bird. As a Birding friend once gave me an abbreviation, G-I-S-S, General Identification of Bird Based on Size and Shape. So, first important thing is, what is the size of the bird? Now, easy way to uh, understand the size of a bird is to categorize it based on the common birds that you know. So, the smallest being sparrow, then the next one is a bulbul, then you go on to a maina, then there's the pigeon, the crow and a kite. So, everything can be categorized under these species. So, a bird which you observe in the field, let's say a pipit. A pipit would be a sparrow size bird or a sparrow plus size bird. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that's how you categorize it. Then, the color is important. What kind of color, what kind of pattern it had. Alright. Okay. Now, shape is also important. So, did it have a short tail? Okay. Was there a long tail? Was there a fork tail? Was there a wire in the tail? Okay. Was the wire in the central tail feathers or were the wires on the external feathers? Mm. The shape of the wing, it can be pointed, it can be rounded. Are the wings in when they are in closed form, uh, touching the tail tips or they stop at the rump or they are longer than the tail? But most important is the kind of bill the bird has and the kind of feet the bird has. So the shape of the bill also helps us identify the species of the bird but also the kind of food one consumes. So let's take two examples. One is the sparrow. Sparrow has a pointed conical uh, bulky bill 
So it tells us that the bird is a grainy bird, feeding on seeds and grains, and the bill is so powerful enough that it can chip off any kind of seed. Okay. Especially small seeds we are talking about. Right. So it's a grass bird. It's also an urban bird, but in general, any bird which has a conical bill, which is in the shape of a sparrow, would mostly be a grainy bird bird. Then let's take an example of the say sunbird or hummingbird uh, in case of the Americas. In sunbirds have long down curved bills, which are very narrow as well. So they can easily you know uh, take the bill into a flower. So they are nectarivores. Right. They also have tongues which help in them in uh, the whole process. Now let's look at a crow. Another example I would like to. It has a very large bill. And a thick bill, but uh, nothing more specific. It's a generalist bill, I would say. So the ha, its diet is variety. So it can even consume nectar. It might even uh, consume a dead rat. Right. It's a scavenger, a carrion bird, in fact. So the shape of the bill, like I said, is important. The then the feet. Now, say a bird of prey, yeah. like an osprey or a kite, they have talons. So that means they are meant to grab their prey. Now there are perching birds who only use their feet to perch on surfaces. There won't be much adaptation in that. Just to so uh, have a grip car. on what they are perched yeah. on. So uh, basically, the point being that the shape helps us understand what kind of bird we see. So one is the size that helps us categorize where to place the bird. The color again. Another important thing is where did you see the bird? Exactly. So was it on the ground? Was it a ground feeding bird? Was it on a shrub? Uh, was it in a wetland? Was it a water bird? Mm. Was it in the mid canopy? Was it on the top of a tree? All these also help us categorize the kind of bird they are. Again, the behavior of the bird is also important. Mm. Okay. So mm, let me give an example. Like a flycatcher would be sitting somewhere in the middle. Mid section, and then it would find a prey, attack, and come back to the same perch. So you might uh, see the bird from very far, and you may know the oh, that's a flycatcher. Also, the size would be important. You might see a crow-sized bird and only a flycatcher. Yes. So that's again important. Again, like I said, habitat is important, but the geolocation or the geographical location is also right. important. So what happens is. Like sunbird and hummingbird is a good example. Why don't you elaborate, Madhu? Yes, exactly. So before that, you would have noticed that uh, during our podcast, we always describe the bill in very in in, in a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. So that is the reason because you, we want you to identify and be careful about uh, the shape of the bill whenever you see a bird in its natural habitat. So, yeah, keep listening to our episodes and you will get to know more about how the bills of each birds are shaped. Now, coming back to that example that you were talking about, sunbird and hummingbird. So, like on the face of it, a sunbird and a hummingbird uh, may seem alike and they have similar kind of bill and they have a similar activity uh, pattern because they will be hovering around uh, flowers for nectar. But uh, it is important to note that uh, if you are, if you spot such kind of a bird in India, you cannot. Uh, so anyone unaware may say that okay, yeah. it is, an, it is a hummingbird. Hummingbird. hummingbird because probably it is more popular or it is more photographed and all. But that is actually not true because 
you don't find hummingbirds in india it, they are just found in the americas correct so it is very important to be aware of the habitat and the geographic location uh, when you are identifying the bird so in india if you see a bird shaped like a hummingbird it will not be that but it will be a sunbird just a very rough example but yeah. uh, just to make you clear coming from that point uh, see how would you know about a bird so field guide is very important exactly so a field guide basically contains basic information about species of birds okay. categorized by families uh-huh. and it will also have the geographical maps uh-huh. so right. that help us uh, position the bird correctly uh-huh. whether we can find that bird in this place or not exactly and also there will be a brief description of the bird and uh, the best example of a book which comes to my mind is the book which is right here by Salim Ali the book of indian birds so it's one of my favorite books uh, descriptions which you can read at leisure is amazing so it's like you are observing the bird in the field yes absolutely and i find uh, it has a lot of uh, apart from the field as in the pictures and the basic description and habitat habitat of the bird it has a lot of uh, information about bird behavior nesting patterns eating patterns and it's all in all a very good recommendation by adil and obviously it is by dr salim ali who is one of he was one of the leading ornithologists of india the bird man of india he is the so, leading ornithologist of india leader. yeah i mean any kind of work on indian birds has been done by him so anyone who is doing something today is mostly revisiting and reworking on what has already been established and done. besides this there are many other field guides you can always look at the internet whatever suits you but this is one book that one must always refer to as uh, it will not cover all the species but it's a good book to start with exactly okay so now what have we covered we have covered essentials like you should have a good set of eyes alert ears a handbook and a about the gisss as in shape and size and form of the bird habitat location geographic location then i think i sh- i want to ask is what is the best time to go out for bird watching i heard as in mostly you see uh, you hear a lot of morning activity but uh, is it always the early bird or sometimes yes, there is something the left for the late early bird also? that catches the insect so mornings are the best time one is because it's a pleasant time yes, for us obviously. and for the birds as well and birds use songs to establish territory for courtship and also they sing their songs to practice mm. so morning time the air is thin and the pollution levels drop drastically so their songs and their calls reach far and wide so definitely they'll be active and singing in the morning okay. so if you want to listen to birds morning time so yeah get up early if you and, want to catch that uh, activity and since i mentioned earlier that 60 to 80% is audio mm. auditory function is important so if you can hear the birds in the morning you can also see them in the morning and obviously uh, since the weather is great fantastic there is less disturbance mm. so they also are out feeding looking to catch their prey and they are very active till up to 11 o'clock but it doesn't mean that nothing happens after 11 o'clock 11 o'clock is an average time uh, for india i would say 
But uh, what happens beyond heaven is I have seen if I am in a forest or uh, in light woods or say in urban places also, the woodpeckers come out. I have seen observed them to be a little late active species, but uh, that's not a definitive. It's just my observation. And hunting parties are also active. Uh, birds once the morning passes away, I think they start gathering in flocks okay. and working as a uh, you know unit mm. and mixed hunting flocks are found so but then again once the heat uh, increases yes. everyone tends to settle down and rest like everyone likes a nice siesta right. but then the ra- raptors are active at that time as uh, we've discussed in one of our podcasts yeah, also about thermals exactly so, so lap- go visit that mm. i will plug all our episodes in between <laughs> so uh, so basically raptors use thermals to rise up and then swoop down as well so uh, once the evening falls again these resting birds are back but the evening window is very short and also since it's fading light but there are many bird species which are also active during dusk exactly if you want to catch those species then dusk and there are nocturnal species also so if you break the whole day Every part of the day is important. So, in the evenings, you would usually find uh, flocks of parakeets or mynas making a lot of noise and going back to their roosting site. So, that is a pretty common site in urban spaces, I would say. Yeah. So, all Thousands of birds yeah. can be seen exactly. heading back. Right. Do you remember the corvids that we see? Especially, they take the trail which is right above a stream or a river. So, cormorants we will talk about when we talk about water birds. So, yeah, hang on with Coming us. up. Coming up next. <laughs> Alright. So, all in all, lot of lot to do throughout the day. So, don't get disheartened if you don't get up early on a particular day. Alright. So, we know about uh, what time of day is, is ideal. And now, I want to talk about seasons. How does seasonal variation impact bird activity or the number of the or type of birds that you see? So, from what I understand uh, and what we have talked about in our previous episode when we were talking about urban birds and garden birds is that spring and summer, uh, these birds are in breeding mode. So, their calls would be sweeter. Uh, you, they would be more uh, vocal and eloquent. You will hear them more often. Nice. Their plumage will be brighter. For example, the sunbirds and they would be in breeding plumage and in their best dressed clothes. So, that is how summer, spring and summer rolls out. And then, um, I would like to ask you about how monsoons uh, affect bird activity. But in winters, again, you would find a lot of birds coming in from other parts of the world. Migratory birds coming in because it's quite cold out there and it's uh, relatively warmer in India. So, you would see a new new species of birds uh, in your neighborhood, which you don't or see throughout the year, you don't see usually throughout the year. So yeah, that is my basic understanding. If you wish to elaborate, you are absolutely correct. Uh, like spring and summer is definitely a good time to observe bird activity. Mm. Majority of the birds are in breeding, mm. and like for monsoon, what happens is monsoon in India means it is the time when everything is sprouting. Life is a fresh. Life gets a new start. Basically, insects and food supply is there. Right. So, by that time, the mating has already happened. Courtship has happened in summer and spring. Mm. 
by this time the eggs would have been laid and the eggs have hatched now so the young ones are out and they need lot of protein so monsoons bring that source of food so that's what happens then and then again after monsoons autumn comes dryness uh, as a thing happens and food supply reduces comparatively so by then all the birds majority birds are done with their breeding cycles so that is there and again by winter time what happens like you mentioned migratory birds are here because they are coming from colder places or higher altitude places where food supply is even more sparse so then we see a inflow of influx of thousands of uh, birds of variety uh, many, many species so winters is a great activity time what happens in winters is many predators predator birds like raptors that is when they start breeding because for them smaller birds are a source of food and that supply increases in winter so then raptors turn to reproduce yeah. and if you have any serious bird watching friends you will find them the most active during winters traveling here and they just in search of migratory birds so yes yeah. lot of vagrants also come we'll talk about vagrants some other time So Adil you were mentioning about binoculars and how they are a very important piece of equipment in a bird watcher's kit. Could you like to provide us with some recommendations as in in terms of specifications how one should choose a good set of binoculars for bird watching? Well yes binoculars like I mentioned are very important. And uh, I would go with a 8x magnification binoculars for bird watching. Okay. There are many magnification levels which are available depends on depending on what one is looking to like butterfly watch is also another thing so for bird watching 8x or 10x is what uh, the magnification should be all right but there is another important factor which is the diameter of the objective lens which is also specified so whenever you see a binoculars it will have a specification like 8x 42 or 10x 50 so that 50 mm or 42 mm is the diameter of the objective lens the objective lens is important because it uh, controls the amount of light that comes in okay so if this uh, factor if you divide the diameter by the magnification factor say for by say for 40 by 8 mm-hmm. is 5 it should always be 5 5 is ideal so that the balance is there between the magnification and the amount of light which comes in So 10x is also good if the birds are very far like especially it happens with water birds. But then 10 by 50 it should ideally be. If it is say 10x and 40 mm diameter of the objective lens, then the amount of light reduces and as the light fades, the light as in the daylight fades, then visibility of the subject also reduces in the binoculars. And another thing is if you are observing species for a long time say 3 minutes 5 minutes 10 minutes using an 8x magnification it's quite easy mm-hmm. if the magnification increases it also strains your eyes so you might not be able to use the binoculars as much if the magnification increases so that's my two bits about binoculars got it thank you so and in case you have any other doubts and You're not clear about the specifications. You can drop in yes, comments or us. a message on our Instagram, and we'll try our best to help you out. 
all right so i think we have covered most of the essentials and i would also like to uh, say that carrying if you're just starting out carrying a notebook and a pen yeah. or if you take notes digitally a phone but on silent is also a good idea so you can take notes about uh, what time of day were you going for bird watching which birds did you observe as in if you were not able to identify then the shape and size the bill uh, all that information can be noted down and uh, uh, true uh, it's most important if you want to you know progress as a bird watcher yes if you just like to observe nature then a pair of binoculars is enough yes but if you take notes you will always remember and you can refer back to okay which season or which month you spotted that bird and when next you spotted that bird or what other birds were there in other seasons like winter migrants you will be able to create a record of it exactly. that's where ebird also comes in but that's for some other time yeah and you can also note down how uh, the count as in how many of that bird species did you spot so all these uh, small tidbits and some people also try uh, try and make sketches so that is some very talented people but yeah if you're not into not whatever suits that, whatever suits your uh, that's up to you totally yeah but yes observing birds in the field mm-hmm. definitely improves your patience exactly. and also it's a relaxing thing unless you want to stress and strain about finding a rarity or a rare bird or a very shy bird then it's a different thing mm-hmm. altogether yeah, that will test but, your patience yeah yeah, yeah. but then uh, bird watching is a very casual thing of relaxing thing which people can take it to a level of their uh, of their liking exactly and also uh, you should also keep uh, in mind that you should be respectful of the birds uh, you should not go very close to them or disturb them always maintain a safe distance and uh, observe them as quietly as possible uh, and not interrupt whatever they are doing correct very true in our excitement uh, one should not at all disturb the birds activity let them do their business and you mind your own business exactly right so i think we have covered a lot of the essentials yeah. and we'll continue in our next episode where we will talk about what really is a bird we'll talk about the bird topography the different parts of the bird we'll the external external parts, parts of, of the bird which help us in field identification yes. a little serious things but also we'll try to make it fun yeah although so, we are two serious people what is <laughs> exactly so uh, that will help you in identifying like two uh, similar looking but two different birds so yes. yeah it will ha- enhance your identification skills if you look at our uh, previous podcast or basically if you hear our previous podcast you would know how confusing two different birds can be which are similar looking as well exactly or even the male female for that matter so yeah do tune in to us next week as well and uh, yeah till then we should take leave for now we hope you enjoyed listening to our chatter we will be back next thursday with another refreshing episode where we will continue our ramblings about birds hey you too have become a birdsmith i mean a wordsmith So stick with us and we'll take you along on wonderful birding trails across India and as your understanding grows we'll spice it up with other facets of being outdoors make sure to follow us on our instagram pages you can follow me on peregrinator.in that is 
P-E-R-E-G-R-I-N-A-T-O-R-dot-I-N. And you can follow me on Mariam's Pick Clicks. That is M-A-R-I-A-M-S P-I-C as in Pick C-L-I-C-K-S as in Clicks. You can check our show description for our social media handles. Make sure to like, share and subscribe to our podcast on platforms of your choice. Be it Hubhopper, Spotify, Amazon Music, Geo Savan, Ghana or even Google Podcasts. So make sure to tune in next week. Till then, happy birding and a happier feeling. Goodbye. <laughs>